I'll add my welcome this morning. Good to see you all. Good to uh, have visitors among us as well. Appreciate you all being here. A um, little backstory of where this lesson came from. We have a um, suggestion box in the back back there. and Doesn't get filled up very much, but occasionally there'll be something in there. And um, that happened recently. There was a, a, a note written in there and said, um, would you teach us about Lazarus? Okay, so I took that on. I thought that would be a good lesson. Now, the card was anonymous, um, but I'll tell you that it was, it was Trey that brought it to me and made sure that I saw it. So I'm not saying that he wrote it, but he was very interested in me seeing it. So um, I took that to heart, and uh, whoever might have written that card uh, took that to heart and I'm going to bring you a lesson this morning about Lazarus. So I wanted to start this morning um, by thinking of it in this way. One, one aspect of Jesus' ministry was in convincing people who he was. This is important because knowing who Jesus was meant understanding that he was indeed the Son of God. And being the Son of God proved that he had the power that God vested in him. And he would demonstrate that power in order to confirm the message that he was teaching. One place we understand this and see this in Scripture is here in John chapter 5. We read this, Brad read this a minute ago, but I want to call your attention again to verse 36. So it says here in John 5 verse 36, But the witness which I have is greater than that of John, for the works which my Father has given me to accomplish... The very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Jesus said that the very works that he does lets the people know that he indeed was sent by the Father. And Jesus had all power from God the Father. Matthew 28 and verse 18, Jesus reminds his disciples there that all authority has been given to me on heaven, uh, on earth and in heaven. Jesus had all authority, and that was granted to him by God the Father. This meant that he had the power to, to heal people, which we see him doing. He had the power to feed people, which we see him doing as well. These things that he did as a miraculous, uh, as a sign, as these works that he was doing. These miraculous things that he did by the power of God. He even had the power to walk on water. And he even had power to raise people from the dead. And he demonstrated that in this account about Lazarus. When he raised him from the dead. So let's look at the account now. If you're in John chapter 5, turn over a few pages to John chapter 11. And we, see the, we read the account here of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And again, we'll stress the point that he does this because he has the power from God the Father. The Father has sent me, is what he says there in that passage from John chapter 5. And indeed, he has the power to do these things. So here in John chapter 11, we read the account about Lazarus. And we find out in verse 1 that Lazarus of Bethany was sick. Now, Bethany was just outside of Jerusalem. In fact, in the account here in verse 18, it tells us it's only about two miles from Jerusalem. 
So Bethany's very close there to Jerusalem. And this man Lazarus of Bethany was sick. Now we know Lazarus, who Lazarus was because we know who his sisters were. His sisters were Mary and Martha. We find that out from this account. We also read about Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. If you remember that account there, where Jesus entered their home, and Martha is going around busying herself with the preparations, seemingly for dinner that they're about to have, because it mentions serving and preparations. It seems that Jesus has come into their home to rest and to have a meal. Martha is going around busying herself with the preparations, and Mary is seated at Jesus' feet, listening to him teach. And Jesus tells Martha that she was worried about the wrong things. She was worried about making the preparations for the meal, while Mary was concerned with spiritual things, sitting at the Lord's feet and hearing him teach. So this is who these people are. This is Mary and Martha, and they had a brother named Lazarus. And Mary and Martha sinned for Jesus, and they told him that Lazarus was sick. And we know here from the account that Jesus loved these three people. Look in verse 3 here in chapter 11. It says, The sisters therefore sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, uh, uh, he whom you love is sick. We come down to verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. This was a bond that Jesus had with these three people. He loved them. He loved these three siblings. But the word comes to Jesus that, that Lazarus is sick, and he decides to stay a couple of days longer where he is anyway. And he tells his disciples after this two days are over that they're going back to Judea, that they're going back to the region there where Bethany is, which again was right near Jerusalem because Lazarus was sick. And his disciples remind him that they just left Jerusalem because the Jews wanted to stone him. Read that account there in John chapter 10, that he left Jerusalem because the Jews wanted to stone him. So here they are, and he says, we're going back there. And the disciple says, Jesus, they wanted to kill you. We're going back there? But he tells them in verse 11 that his friend Lazarus had fallen asleep. Now, they thought he had just, was literally talking about Lazarus had fallen asleep and said, surely he'll recover. Surely he'll wake up. But they, they thought he was uh, talking about literally just falling asleep. But Jesus reminds them, beginning of verse 13, it says, Now Jesus had spoken of his death. But they thought he was speaking of literal sleep. Then Jesus therefore said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, so that you may believe, so let us go to him. So we get some inkling as to why these events are about to transpire. So Lazarus is dead, Jesus tells them. So they're going back to Bethany. And by the time they get there, Lazarus has been dead for indeed four days. Many of the Jews had come to console Mary and Martha, remember it's just a two miles from Jerusalem to Bethany, so there's a lot of Jews that had come from the city out to Bethany to console Mary and Martha. And Martha heard that Jesus was on his way to see them, so she goes out to meet him. And she told him, 
that, Lord, if you would have been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. I see, I see Martha and see some um, interesting characteristics about her. And to go and say this to our Lord took some guts. But it seems to be that was her nature. So Martha goes out and she meets Jesus and says, if, if, you, if you would have been here, Lazarus wouldn't be dead. But she also believes that whatever he asked of God, God would grant him. So while we, we see her doubting why Jesus didn't come back, we also see her understanding who Jesus was. Jesus says in verse 23, he says, your brother will, ri will rise again. Now Martha understands that Lazarus will, will, will rise again in the resurrection on Judgment Day, and that's what she thinks Jesus is talking about. But look what it says in verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I mentioned in our beginning that Jesus had these powers that God had granted to him. And here we understand that, that Jesus has the power over death. Because he tells Martha that. And we'll see the importance of this a little bit more as we get into verse 42 here in just a moment. But here is Jesus asserting that he has the power over death. At the end of verse 26 there, he asked Martha... If, if she believed what he just said. And so look at what she says in verse 27. She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. In Martha, we see a, we see a human being, don't we? We see someone who is driven and, and, and controlled and reacts to their own emotions. But we also see someone of faith. See someone who understands who Jesus Christ was. Not everybody did. But we see her understanding that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. So after that, she goes away and she goes to get Mary. Remember, she had left the home and went out to where Jesus was and met him there. So she tells Mary that Jesus is calling for her. So they get up and they, they leave the house. And the Jews that were there in their home consoling them, they think that she was going out to the tomb where Lazarus was buried. So some of them went with her. Jesus, in the meantime, he was still at the place where Martha had, had, had met him. So here's Jesus coming into Bethany. Here's Martha coming out to meet him. Martha goes back, gets married, and they come back out to that same place. And so there's Mary and Martha, and there's, there's the Jews that have come out with them, and they all come there, and they meet Jesus in this place, and they're all grieving, and they're all crying because Lazarus is dead. And Jesus was affected by this. Remember, Jesus loved Lazarus. It says he loved Mary and Martha. So he says in verse 23, it says he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. We talk often, and the point can't be overemphasized, the humanity of our Lord. When we see passages like this, we understand that he was affected by human emotion, as we are. And all this that he was witnessing says he was moved by it. 
and he was troubled by it. So he asked them where they buried Lazarus. And it was during this time here that we see, it says, the verse there, it says, Jesus wept. Again, showing his humanity. Showing that he had the same kind of feelings that any man or woman would have. And the Jews realized in all this, when they saw Jesus, they realized how much he loved Lazarus. But others were questioning, why didn't he prevent him from from dying? If he loved Lazarus so much, why was he not here and prevent him from dying? And they remembered how he had healed the blind man. Why didn't he prevent Lazarus from dying? So they take him to the tomb. And it was a cave that was carved out, and they'd put a stone over the entrance. And Jesus tells them to remove the stone. Martha says to him that Lazarus has been dead for four days. He says there's going to be a a terrible odor. There's going to be a stench. But look what he says in verse 40. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Again, Martha, the human that we see in her. Faithful, yes, but also driven by her emotions and responds to her emotions. Here's a man that's been in the, in the grave for four days. Typically, you understand what that means. The body begins to decompose, and there's going to be an awful odor. But Jesus says, you will see the glory of God. So after they remove the stone, Jesus raises his eyes to heaven And he says here in verse 41, Father, I thank thee, and thou heardest me. And I knew that thou heardest me always, but because of the people standing around, I said it, that they may believe that thou didst send me. You get a kind of an idea of why all these events are taking place? Why was it that Jesus didn't prevent the death of Lazarus? Was it so so that he could show, so that he could demonstrate That he has the power over death. He has the power to raise men even from the dead. So after they remove the stone, Jesus raises his eyes. He says these things to the Lord, to God the Father. And then in a loud voice, he says, Lazarus, come forth. And what happened? He did. Lazarus came out of the tomb. We spoke about this morning in our Bible class how he was wrapped in these death linens, these death garments. He would have been wrapped in with a, with a cloth over his face. This was a custom of the Jews, how they prepared the bodies for burial. It's the same way that, that our Lord would be prepared when he was buried. When Joseph of Arimathea comes and asks for the body of Jesus and anoints him with oil and spices and prepares the body for the burial the same way. So here's Lazarus coming out. He's wrapped in these And these death clothes, these linens, and Jesus tells them to unbind him. What a wonderful scene. What an amazing scene. Can you imagine being there? This was not uh, just something that happened. People knew about it. People knew that Lazarus had died because they came out of Jerusalem to Bethany to be with Mary and Martha to console them. They knew Lazarus had died. And here they see him coming out of the grave, alive. 
What was, what was the result of it? Well, it says at the end of the account here, um, verse 45, Many, therefore, of the Jews who had come to Mary and beheld what he had done believed in him. Remember what we've said, what Jesus said. He said, I come to perform these signs so the people will understand who I am. And I am the Son of God. And these powers have been granted to me so that people will understand that I have the power given to me from God the Father. And you should be hearing the things that I am saying. So many of the Jews believed in Jesus, but still others did not. It says there in verse 46, but some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things which Jesus had done. It seems this is so often the case that there's some that are so moved by the, the events that take place. And we put ourselves in their shoes and understand why. But still some don't believe. And some never would. Beginning of verse 47 there, uh, we see how the chief priests and the Pharisees come together and they come up with this plan to put Jesus to death. So it says as a result of that that Jesus didn't go out anymore in public among the Jews. So he goes out into the country. But the Passover was coming, and so many went up to Jerusalem to prepare themselves for the Passover and the feasts and everything that they would take place and they would engage in. But Jesus didn't because there were orders out that if anyone saw Jesus, they were to report him so that he could be taken into custody. So instead, where does he go? Look in chapter 12, verse 1. Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a supper there, and Martha was serving him, but Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Mary therefore took a pound of very costly perfume, pure nard, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Jesus goes back to the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. These three whom he loved. He went back there. And notice again what Martha's doing. She's busying herself, preparing for the supper. But look what Lazarus was doing. It says he was reclining at the table with Jesus. Can you imagine that scene? Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. Now he's sitting and eating a meal with him. And Mary, as she'd done before, was anointing Jesus' feet with the oils and the perfume. A tender little moment there in the household of these three people that Jesus loved. And what a powerful ending to this story. A tender moment amongst people who loved each other. Why did these events take place? We've mentioned this along the way. We've alluded to it. Why did these things take place? Why didn't Jesus just save Lazarus from death rather than raising him from the dead? You remember in verse 40 of chapter 11, it says, Did I not see to you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God? 
Could it be these events took place to demonstrate the glory of God? I think so. Verse 41 and 42. Father, I thank thee that thou heardest me, and I knew that thou heardest me always. But because of the people standing around, I said it, that they may believe that thou didst send me. These people saw what took place. And remember what it says in verse 45. Many of them believed in him. Because these events took place, because of all the things that happened around Lazarus and who he was and the emotions that Jesus went through, all these things brought glory to God the Father. Later on in John chapter 20, verses 31 and 32, a familiar passage to us. It says, Therefore many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these things have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So when we bring this down to us here sitting in Cortez, Florida, on this November 12th, what's the message to us? These things have been written so that we may believe. And we may believe what? Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Think of what blessings that we have. We have all these things that Jesus did, recorded for us. At least the ones that were recorded. John says many other things happen that aren't recorded in this book. But these have been recorded so that you would believe. And that's the charge to us. Believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And understanding that our salvation is in him. Acts 4 and verse 12 says, And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which men can be saved. Only through Jesus Christ can we be saved. So the question goes out then. Are you saved? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? In making that confession, you're ready to be baptized. You were buried in baptism, into the Lord's death, and raised up a new creature to walk in newness of life. If you have not done that, things are ready. You can have that. You can be baptized. You can become a child of God. If you're a child of God and you've lost your way, you've lost sight, of who Jesus Christ is. Remember the lessons from this lesson. How Jesus demonstrated his power. And through doing that, he demonstrated that he was indeed the Son of God. If you've forgotten that and lost your way and need the prayers of the congregation, you can let that be known as well. Whatever your needs might be, you can let them be known by coming forward as we stand and sing.